This podcast was brought to you by So Much To Say, a book of quotes, available now on Amazon.com and all of the e-readers. For more on me, visit www.craigtherighterstewart.com. Do you remember when we actually first met? I do. I do remember. In the basement. No, not the basement. Um, I do. I remember we were customer service representatives making what, maybe twelve dollars. I an think hour. it was twelve dollars an $12 hour. Twelve dollars an hour. That was in ninety eight. You, you were dressing for a hundred dollar an hour job. Because <laughs> I was clean, baby. First day you of school, clean. clean. I'm like, he wears ascots to take customer you, service calls. You were dressed for what you were destined for. Right. <laughs> <laughs> But yes, I remember when we came friends. She said, "Do you remember that day you wanted Ascot?" <laughs> yeah, much bigger, but I do remember. That is so I crazy. I know. But yeah, we met in '98. I had just moved here. You had started working for, should we say, the company? No. Okay. You had just started working for this particular company. You're still with this particular yeah, company. An amazing company. Right, amazing yeah. company. And um, I left after a month. Actually, I didn't leave. They fired me. <laughs> <laughs> but, what did you do? Oh my God! I just—it it just wasn't my passion. Yeah. And like I was here at 22 years old, and I knew that I wanted to do something else. That's I knew right. I wanted to do something creative. And, and ev- but everyone who came in contact with you knew that you were mm-hmm. gonna do something else, mm-hmm. and they probably did too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They probably did too. Yeah. yeah. And like when we became friends, we just clicked. Yeah. You had just come from college. Mm-hmm. I had just come from college, and. You were here from, you're from New York originally. I'm from yeah. Maryland. So we just kind of clicked. Yeah. And we were like, one, it was only like, there were definitely black people in the building, but like, yeah. we just kind of gravitated. We, we connected. Yeah, we, we used to hang dreamers. out. We were dreamers. We were dreamers. Yeah, we were. You would have been my wife if I was that kid. <laughs> you say that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember. You were you were a dreamer and you had your sights set on things. And, and same for me, mm-hmm. just a different a different, path. Yeah, yeah, different path. Mm-hmm. This is very personal work for me. Politics. Politics. I believe I was called to tell my story, use my voice, be a voice for the community, to speak to and for a community of people that's been ignored, denied, love, love, relationships, religion. This is my life's work. Religion, religion. I want to use words to. Uplift, heal, inspire, encourage. Do something different. Every Monday at 10. So, you know, after um, my friends and family members found out that I was getting a divorce, all of a sudden I became the divorce expert. Mm. I started getting text messages, phone calls from multiple women saying, hey, I've been thinking about divorce too. When did you know? How did you know? How did you do it? Because I'm thinking about doing the same. And the first thing I say is, I'm not an expert. Mm -hmm. Save your marriage. And they're always taken aback. Like, Mm -hmm. what? You got to save your marriage. Have you done counseling? We did counseling. Mm -hmm. Did you fight for this marriage? You have children? What can you do to reinvent the relationship? Mm -hmm. So if you're thinking about divorce, don't jump into that. Mm -hmm. Think about what you can do to save it. Mm -hmm. Bringing whatever you have in your life, you know, a trusted person, and, and think it through because it shouldn't be a decision that is taken lightly. And, um, you know, don't rely on other people who are divorced to help shape your path moving forward. And so I always redirect those people and they're always surprised. And I don't give them a lot of input on here's how you navigate divorce. 
I give them input on here's how you navigate saving your marriage. Now, if you get to the end of this and you can't save it, then you go down the path of divorce. But I'm not going to tell you how to do that. Back in maybe 99, and you probably missed this. Maybe I met you before I did this, but I had gone over to the University of the West Indies to study, and there was a course that I had taken on European notions of beauty. And in this class, I had the weave of a lifetime. I mean, it was gorgeous all the Mm -hmm. way down my back. And the professor said, why do you have that? And I was like, what do you mean? It looks amazing. That's what Uh I have. And he's like, Mm -hmm. why do you wear your hair straight? I'm like, how else would I wear Mm -hmm. my hair? He's Mm -hmm. like, in its natural state. Now, I have been pressing my hair for years. I don't even know what the natural state looks like. And he's like, why do you think you need to wear it straight? And I was confused because I couldn't answer. Had never really even thought about it. I never thought about it. And so I came back, shaved it off completely, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. started from scratch, my family thought I was crazy. They said I had gone to Jamaica and joined a cult. And I also <laughs> stopped eating pork, and that was it. It was like, you got nappy hair, and you don't eat pig feet? Something's wrong. Right. And so I cut it thin, and I never permed it again. Right. And so when you've seen me, and it was long and straight, right. it was a flat iron. Right. Because as soon as I washed it, it would pop back into mm-hmm. that fro. Mm-hmm. But right after I got the divorce, I did change my hair. Mm-hmm. I actually colored it a little blonde, and I had this banging blunt bob Mm -hmm. and I wore it that way for probably about nine months and just a few months ago I decided let me just go back to these curls Mm -hmm. let me go back to the natural state because there's something powerful about curls Mm -hmm. Um, but I will say to answer your question yes so there is something liberating about divorce Mm -hmm. for some women so was it conscious that you were cutting your hair like okay I need a change yes or was it It was no it was conscious I I mean I consciously felt reinvented Mm -hmm. emotionally Mm -hmm. Spiritually, mm-hmm. and so physically, I needed to match. Uh-huh. And so I cut my hair and I wanted something different and drastic, something that would allow me to feel like me because I hadn't for a long time. So, do you feel like marriage cost you you? Do you feel like you lost some of you in that, the marriage? That's a good question. I did, but you should. Uh-huh. So, you should lose a little bit of yourself in the marriage because when a wife is and a, when a, when a husband and a wife come together they are born right mm-hmm. that relationship is new what they have together is new and so you need to come together and create something new and who you were beforehand certainly plays into it mm-hmm. but you've got to create this new relationship and this new space with this person so you do tend to lose a bit of who you are but your values mm-hmm. should be consistent mm-hmm. and shouldn't be compromised mm-hmm. and i would probably i would say that they were in my marriage um, so that was some of what I needed to get back. And would you say that your values, your personal values, should be aligned with your partners? Oh, my God, yes. Yes, they have be, to be. Because I've been in relationships where fundamentally yeah. we were different. Yeah. But you can be fundamentally different, but at the core, mm-hmm. you still need to have values that are near and dear to who you are. For a lot of us, we don't even know what they are, mm-hmm. right? So before you get married, you've got to know what your values are, know what you're willing to compromise on mm-hmm. and what you're not, mm-hmm. and, and and be able to align to a person who can help you maintain that. So what are some of the things that you would compromise or wouldn't compromise? What are, What's both? Family is important to me. Mm-hmm. And for me, maybe a little bit more than others in that, I come from a rough background. Yeah, you're I from Brooklyn, from I know. Brooklyn. I come come from Brooklyn. 
I'm the first to go to college in but, my family. Well, let me say that. You're from pre-gentrified Brooklyn. Pre-gentrified <laughs> right. Brooklyn, right. Not the Brooklyn that we know with the $800,000 studio. Right, so, so you're the first to graduate from college. First to graduate from college. My parents were 17 mm-hmm. when they gave birth to me. Mm-hmm. My mother went on to get her GED. My father was shot and killed. Mm-hmm. And so I took it upon myself. They didn't necessarily place this on me, but I felt like I had to save my family. How old were you when your father was killed? I was 14. Okay. And so you felt like... There was this yeah. unspoken expectation oh, of yeah. you to succeed. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I was 14. Um, my mother needed me to step up, or so I thought, mm-hmm. right, or so I thought. Mm-hmm. So I took it upon myself to try to do all that I can to be successful and, um, and bring my family along with me. And so I would always tell guys, I'm a package, Mm-hmm. You know, I come with my family. Is that a good thing? No, it's not, because mm-hmm. you need to bring yourself into the marriage, not um, what some might call baggage. Mm-hmm. And so I felt like I had to take care of my, my family, and I brought that into the marriage. So when you said, I'm a package, because see, ostensibly when you said, I'm a package, I thought you meant, oh, I'm a great package. But you meant, oh, I come as a package. It's yeah. me, my mom. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. And that, I mean, that's that's a lot yeah. to expect someone to embrace, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And um, that's a lot for me to, to, to take on. Mm-hmm. But I felt like, you know, I needed to do that. When you got married, how long were you married first? 11 years. 11 years. When you got married, did you think, and before you answer this, think about it. Did you honestly think that you would be married for the rest of your life to that same person? I don't even have to think long about that because I know the answer. What's it's the one answer? that I've had to answer in the past. Um, I thought that I would be married for as long as I could. So you knew that it wouldn't necessarily be forever. Well, it's not that I knew that it wouldn't be forever because mm-hmm. I made a vow that I would certainly try. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it didn't work out, I was okay with that. So when did you know that it was no longer working for you? Well, I mean, it was it, being married is difficult. Mm-hmm. It is incredibly difficult to be married. It, it's like a job. Mm-hmm. Every day you have to work at keeping that partner satisfied and happy and you've got to make sure you're happy in in the in the process Mm -hmm. right and so it's incredibly hard there were times over the course of the marriage when I thought oh my gosh I don't know if we'll make it and And how long in was that the first time you felt that oh gosh I mean a long time ago my daughter is 10 and when I was pregnant with her I was a little troubled about the marriage. So that was many moons ago. I okay. mean, that, she was, that was probably three years into the marriage. Okay. And so I knew for a long time that there was trouble, and so did he. But how we got married is why there was trouble. Mm-hmm. And not to, uh, I'm sure you probably have this question, but I'm just going to take it back and say, when you are deciding to get married, you have to be getting married for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. And although we loved each other, we were incredible friends. I mean, he had been a friend of mine for years, liked him so much as a person. Whether or not we were designed to be married or even be in a relationship is questionable. But you're not saying that you shouldn't be friends because I'm sure somebody oh, yeah. You yeah. should be friends. We should be friends. Right. You should be friends right. in marriage. Because I know somebody's probably hearing this saying, well, maybe I shouldn't be friends. No, no, but, no. You right. want to be friends, mm-hmm. but just because you're friends doesn't, doesn't mean you should gonna take make that next lovers. step. Right. right. And right. so whether or not we should have taken that next step is arguable. Right. And because the foundation really wasn't anchored on, yes, we absolutely should be married. Mm-hmm. And there were questions from the, from the beginning, but my being pregnant accelerated the marriage. Uh-huh. 
um, that sort of plays into it. And so for anyone considering marriage, I would say first, going back to values, know who you are, know what you stand for, know what your values are. Mm -hmm. And if you are thinking about marrying somebody who isn't necessarily aligned to that, stop right now. But what if all of the elements were there in place for you and him? And perhaps you just mm-hmm. had a great run. Suppose mm-hmm. it was just supposed the last 11 years. That suppose suppose it wasn't that fundamentally you were too different mm-hmm. or, you know, perhaps you just had a great run. Mm-hmm. Because I am of the belief now at 41 years old, and I say this all of the time, I do a Facebook Live Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Yes, we and know. we talk we about, <laughs> right, we talk about, we talk about relationships and everything, but I am of the belief now that every relationship isn't intended to be a forever kind of love. There are 7 billion people, Mm -hmm. if not close to 7 billion people in the world. Mm -hmm. So who's to say that you, Tanika, should be with the same person for the rest of your life? You had a great run. Yeah. Now it's time for you to experience something else. Now it's time for him to experience something else. And I think sometimes we get so locked in this idea because of the world in the society mm-hmm. from which we come, just like you were saying at the top of this conversation about wearing the long weave, the straight hair. You didn't even know why you were doing no, it. No, I didn't. You just were right. doing it because it was, you know what I mean? Yeah. It was just something that people did. Yeah. And so I think we sometimes have this idea that when you get married, it is supposed to be permanent. Yeah. And I just think that that's not necessarily the case. Well, I, I tend to agree with you. And interestingly enough, I have said to him and to others, I feel accomplished. We were married for 11 mm-hmm. years. We had three beautiful, intelligent, amazing children. Mm -hmm. I mean, that in itself is an accomplishment. Mm -hmm. I don't feel sad. I feel sad that my children don't have both parents in the household. But outside of that, I feel like, man, we did great things together, and now it's time for us to move on. But then that brings me to another question, which you didn't ask, but another Hmm. question that was posed a few um, days ago with my friends, and that is monogamy. Like, well, that is go- monogamy against the grain or what? Because- exactly. Well, that kind of goes into what I was saying a moment ago. You know, it's like, who's to say that you're only supposed to be with one person sexually? And that whole completely debunks this whole idea oh, of religion and all of that, which is why I have questions about religion. Yeah, well, I mean, monogamy in general is, is a difficult thing and in so many ways seems to go against the grain of who we are as mm-hmm. human beings. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. the thought of being with one person, and I'm being completely candid here, the thought of being with one person until I die uh, hello? gives me anxiety. Let me tell you something. I say this on my Facebook <laughs> Live. I don't even know what I want next Tuesday right, to eat for lunch. Alone. So how do I know I'm going to want to sleep right? with you still five years from now? Right. Or wake up every day and just see you. I just think that... I want to be mature enough in my next relationship to say, listen, I want us to just take this a year at a time Mm -hmm. and say, okay, listen, we're going to commit to this for the next year. And on such and such date, we're going to come back and we're going to reevaluate this, either go to dinner or sit here at the house and say, listen, how did you feel about this last year? Do you think you can make it through another year? Let's do a year at a time. I can commit to that because just to go into a relationship indefinitely, because things change for people as individuals, and we don't always keep our partners abreast and say, you know what, I'm starting to feel this itch where I kind of want to be alone. Not even necessarily always about being with somebody else. I'm just feeling that itch where I want to be alone. Absolutely. So maybe I should probably take it a year at a time. Well, Craig, outside of relationships... In every other aspect of our lives, that's how we approach things. Exactly. I don't go into a job saying, I'm going to work for you until I die. Exactly. I don't do that. You right. know, I, I mean, I don't even want to commit to a gas rate for more than 24 months, <laughs> let, let alone let alone a person. It, right. So it, it all ties back to religion, right, mm-hmm. in terms of why we feel like we have to make such a lengthy, commitment. lifelong commitment. Yeah. 
to someone when we as such an indefinite as pe- we evolve commitment. as people we change we do it doesn't mean that in 10 years you will look at that person and think you know what I'm going to be with you anyway even mm-hmm. though I've developed into this completely different mm-hmm. person I think as women uh, we're more empowered than ever in fact mm-hmm. my ex said that to me he mm-hmm. said women nowadays can make the decision to leave marriages a lot more confidently than yeah. they could in the past because guess what? We can take care of ourselves. Because you can, yeah. In the past, I mean, let's be real, women stayed around because they didn't have a choice. And I think that's why relationships tended to have a longer Absolutely. lifespan right. then than they do now because where, where are you going? You don't work. Right. You don't have an income. Right. Where, where are you going? Mm-hmm. While well, he's having a great time. Uh, listen. Let me tell you. And I just feel like you only get one life. Mm-hmm. So if I'm yeah. not happy with you after 11 years, why should I stay in this arrangement yeah. because that's what it's become. Right, let me tell you, truer words have never been spoken and I have spoken those exact words when people have come to mm-hmm. me and said, why are you doing this? Number one, you and your ex seem great together. Mm-hmm. Great together. And mm-hmm. I've gotten that a lot. You've seen, you seem great together. You have great children. Why don't you just stick it out? Why, why would you do that? I mean, if you are not happy and miserable in a relationship, why do why would you stay? And so many women and men do that. They and I'm sure. They get in sexless, yeah. miserable marriages. Loveless just, relationships. Right, just because what? You're staying for the kids so you can model that type of relationship for them? Because they, they learn from yeah, that. Yeah. They so see no. it. They learn from the things that you never even speak. Absolutely. They pay attention. They absorb it. Yeah, they do. And then... They grow up and repeat some of the same dem- dysfunctions. Yeah, what you demonstrated. Because you demonstrated that this is how it should be. I don't want my children to see that. I want my children to see me thriving and happy, and I want them to see the same in their dad. And in order for us to get there, we had to separate. And, and I'm what okay you've, with that. And what you've communicated to them is that it's okay to change. Yeah. It's okay to be comfortable with the discomfort of change. Right. And when you do, you can be even better than you Absolutely. were. And so they can see that modeled and know that, you know what, for as long as I can make it work and be happy, I can stay there. But when I'm not there anymore, it's okay to do something different. And they won't just apply that to a relationship. Yeah. That'll be a job. Right. That'll be a career move. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That'll be moving to another state or yeah. another country if that's what their desire is. Let me ask you this. Do you think that you married your father? Because you said yeah. your father was killed at 14. Mm-hmm. No, he, he definitely isn't my, isn't my father. He is not. He, he is okay. not. He's, he's almost the exact opposite. I mean, my, my father was a swagged out thug, if you will, from the hood. He was amazing, but he was, he was not the um, straight-laced corporate guy that I, <laughs> that I ended up marrying. No, he was not my dad. I will say this, though, Craig, because I had this conversation. Obviously, I have a lot of conversations about relationships now that I'm divorced. But I spoke with a woman. She's not really a friend, more of an associate. Mm-hmm. And she was saying that she and her husband have an understanding. Mm-hmm. They love each other deeply. Mm-hmm. She can't see herself with someone else. Mm-hmm. But the idea for both of them to be together until death and never be with other people is frightening. So he does some things on the side. And so does she. It's an but arrangement. But in terms of, yeah, it's an arrangement. But that emotional connection they save for each other. Uh-huh. Um, but I don't understand. Listen, let me say this. <laughs> I don't know if you can manage that. Yeah. You may be able to contain that for a while, but with that song by Pe- Pebbles and Babyface, Love <laughs> Makes Things Happen. I know. I you know, know. Uh, what, what's the line? He says, um, you could be a faithful man with a good heart and, and a good intentions. Good intentions. Wa- good right. intentions. However, but, but sometimes love just happens and you just... You don't know where it's going to come. So that may work for right now. Yeah. But it could backfire. It could backfire. Mm -hmm. And I say that to people who think, oh, well, we'll just have uh, an open relationship or we'll just do threesomes or, you know, it it only contains itself for a period of time. Right. 
for a period of time. And I think that a lot of people are afraid to leave because of fear. Yeah. Because because of the unknown. And so I, I believe that there are people who make the decision to stay in arrangements or stay in relationships where they have these loose boundaries because they'd rather have a life with someone that they know, quote yeah. unquote, and we're just going to share in the expense of living together. We're going to yeah. go ahead and pay this mortgage together. We're going to go ahead and vacation together. Mm-hmm. I'm going to come home to you. I'm going to commit to coming home to you. Yeah. You commit to coming home to me. And that's it. But then whatever you do, extracurricular, mm-hmm. that's your business. Well, the familiarity of the routine yes. keeps you. Yes. It keeps you. And our brains like the familiar. Absolutely. Our brains gravitate to the familiar. Mm-hmm. And so when you decide to do something different, your psyche will tell you that you are all wrong. Mm-hmm. And my ex and I had conversations. I mean, we were friends, right? So we mm-hmm. had conversations like, should we stay in this marriage? Uh, should we not? And we talked about, well, you know what? We, we should probably get a divorce. And we would leave it there. There was no action. How long did that go a, on? Oh, that went on for a, f- a few years. Like, mm-hmm. should, we, should we do this? Should we not? And then we would go back into that routine. That routine, Until yeah. one day... I came back. I had actually gone to New York. There's something about New York that just mm-hmm. gives you courage. And I came back and said, you know what? Somebody has to pull the trigger. Yeah. Somebody has Listen, to Listen, Gladys Knight said trigger. neither one of us wants to be the first to say goodbye. I know. You, you're going back to all my, all my favorite Listen. Um, and so I said, someone has to pull the trigger. Mm-hmm. Someone has to do it. And he said, he told me after he was caught off guard. So what did you say to him? You came home. What was, what was he doing? Was he washing he, dishes? He was, was in he? the kitchen. He was at our island uh-huh. in the kitchen. And we were kind of just standing there talking. And where were the kids? I don't know. Off somewhere. Maybe mm-hmm. in the basement upstairs. Mm-hmm. They were off somewhere. And I said, you know, we're not happy. Were you, were you nervous? Was your heart racing? I was a little anxious, uh-huh. but I was ready. Uh-huh. And there's something about knowing that Listen. you're ready. You know, I'm, I'm an intuitive person, and I mm-hmm. my gut does not fail me. It never fails it if you pay attention to it. Right. And Go so ahead. it was time to have the conversation. And I said, someone has to pull the trigger, and we've got to act. So we need a date. So w- you said that to him? I said we need a date. And the date was August 1st, and that was May. So maybe we wanted three months to try to figure it out. And uh, we set the date for August. And what was this date to come back to revisit no, the, the conversation? No, the date was or? we are splitting. Like oh. we are over the next few months going to figure out who lives where. We owned a house, so who lives where? Mm-hmm. Um, are you still in that I'm house? Sti- I'm still in that house. Okay. Um, he didn't. It, it was a big house, and he didn't want to maintain it anyway. Right. So who lives where, and how we interact with these children? Mm-hmm. Right. Who mm-hmm. has them when, and how are we going to tell them? That was a big deal. Yeah. How will we tell these children? And I'm, I'm like, listen, I'm not a, I'm not an expert here. So we went and got a family therapist to help us work through. This is very mature, very adult. Yeah, but when I tell far. you how it turned out. Oh, okay. But, so mm. we, we went and worked through. How do we tell the children? We have an amazing family, family therapist. So wait, did he cry? Did you cry as you were having this conversation one on one? Okay. We did not cry. Mm-hmm. And I mourned the loss of my marriage before. Before, this day. yeah. And so yeah, uh, there were really no more tears at mm-hmm. that point, and so. We decided on a date, and we moved forward as the friends that we were and the professionals that that mm-hmm. we are. Uh-huh. And so we talked to the therapist, and she said, here's how you do it. Here's how you have the conversations. So the and two of you we went said. to the therapist the first. You didn't the bring the kids. We did not bring okay. the kids. So how long after that conversation did you and your husband, ex-husband, go and see the counselor? Probably two weeks. Okay. Two weeks after. It wasn't long. Okay. Two weeks after. Um, what so did you learn from that conversation? 
I learned that number one, we were rare in, in terms of us going to a therapist and having the conversation. And she commended us both mm-hmm. for wanting to protect our kids in a way that once they found out, it didn't damage them for life, mm-hmm. right? So she, mm-hmm. she complimented us in that way. Um, and she told us what we want to avoid. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's some of the things she said, it, it was really interesting. She said, avoid certain dates. So you don't want to do it on or around a someone's birthday, birthday because they Christmas. will continue to associate the yeah. conversation with whatever was happening at that time. Uh-huh. Even if a song is playing, when you tell them, yes, whenever indeed. they hear that song, they're going to think, that's what that's the song and they won't even know they won't even know they spotted let me tell you something i'm gonna cut you real quick (laughs) i had a breakup Mm -hmm. it was the very first guy that i ever went out with and i will never forget the 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 decision day Mm -hmm. when i went over to to that house and saw what i saw it's in my first book when (laughs) i tell you right by Mm -hmm. the book when i tell you i got in the car I went to reach for the radio to turn it on, and I said, "Nope, mm-hmm. I'm gonna turn. I'm not turning it on yeah. because whatever is playing That's on this right. on this radio will be the song that will be in a time capsule for the rest of my life." It's true. It's absolutely true. And so she gave us that type of guidance, things that I didn't necessarily put a lot of thought mm-hmm. into. And so we left there thinking, "Okay, now we're gonna work this out." I'm Tanika. You will stay in the house. He'll find another place. He said, I'm gonna I'm not gonna be far away. I'm gonna do it probably within a five mile radius mm-hmm. so that I'm close to the mm-hmm. kids. And we talked about, you know, when he would have them and we also talked about how we wanted to divorce mm-hmm. because we didn't really want to involve attorneys. Right. And so, you know, we said we'll we'll do our own parenting plan, our own settlement agreement, we'll have attorneys review them mm-hmm. for us mm-hmm. and we'll just submit them because we want to right. avoid court. So we were we approached it like in the most mature yeah. and professional way. Unfortunately, we got into some sort of disagreement and we didn't tend to argue in front of the kids. That mm-hmm. was rare, mm-hmm. but it was hot and heavy and they overheard. So that's how that's they, how they found, found out. That's how they found out. Um, so it wasn't ideal. Uh-huh. Um, but we cleaned it up pretty quickly Uh so that's how they found out and then you know he went his way and I went mine and it was over and I was out so when did the 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 agreement change because you said you approached it maturely but But, then but you know you go through the stages of grief absolutely you go through the stages of grief and so even as you approach it in the most mature way you're still on occasion angry uh-huh. You're sad. Mm-hmm. You're you're in denial. Mm-hmm. Like, wait, is this really happening? Feeling indifferent. And, right. And so whatever happened on that particular night caused us to get into a disagreement. And, and they overheard. But like I said, we cleaned it up. And after the fact, we took them to therapy and had them continue therapy for a long time just to make sure they were okay. Because my biggest fear is my daughter or son being 25, going to therapy, saying, I'm here because my mother. Right. Or I'm here because my father. Right. So, so, so with it, when, when you did have the conversation with them, when they finally knew that it was official, mm-hmm. that you were going to uh, divorce, what did they say? Like, what were they? What were they <laughs> so, feeling and saying? Let me tell you, I love my children. Uh, they are and, so and they, precocious. You know, they. I, I'm biased, but they are so incredibly smart. They really children. are. My son, who just turned 12. Um, now, at the time, at though, the time, he was probably what 11. Was 11. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was 11. He said, "Wow." I just didn't see that coming. <laughs> <laughs> Little boy, have a seat. I'm like, what? He's like, I didn't. I didn't see that coming. You guys didn't argue. You mm-hmm. seemed like, because mm-hmm. again, we were friends, but mm-hmm. that's all we were, mm-hmm. right? And so he said he didn't see that that coming. My daughter, on the other hand, who is a lively Leo, who, you know, is, you know, emotional and assertive and tells it like it is, she had other words, choice mm-hmm. words, like, this isn't right, and we need to rethink this as a family. 
Um, but eventually, and how how old was she? She was nine. Uh, she said know, we need to rethink, rethink this. Right. Um, but you know, after a while, they understood, and mm-hmm. we had conversations about change. And then um, my son had a friend who was also going through. His parents were going through a divorce, and so he he came home one day and he said. Oh my gosh, mommy! So many other people are going through this, mm-hmm. and I didn't realize this, but so many other parents are divorced. But and I just didn't know. And I said, right, because you see them on the soccer field, and their parents are talking, and they're happy, and they can laugh together. And you didn't even realize they were divorced. And mm-hmm. your dad and I are amicable, and so we're tr- we'll try to do the same. And there are times when we're not amicable, but the kids don't know, right? Because they shouldn't. Right. That's not their burden to carry. Right. And so I don't. I have never. I can. I can say with certainty that I have never said anything about their dad to not make them think my dad is the greatest. Right. They think their dad is amazing. Right. And I, I continue to perpetuate that because mm-hmm. I want them to believe that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's not the children's burden to carry. And so if mm-hmm. you're disappointed with your ex, they don't need to know that. Right. Right. So I try to keep them clear mm-hmm. of any of that type mm-hmm. of language. So has their relationship changed? Has it become? You know, it's it's changed not just with him, but with me. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it just it just is. It, mm-hmm. It's it's something that has to change because right. the dynamic has changed. Unfortunately, he moved away, so he's right. in a different state. So mm-hmm. it's definitely changed in that they don't see him mm-hmm. as much, and they don't get to talk to him as much, and that's difficult because it's. You know, they had to deal with the divorce first, mm-hmm. and then they had to deal with their dad taking a job in another state. Mm-hmm. So it definitely changes um, things for them. And I would say in every divorce, Craig, whether we like it or not, right, there's mm-hmm. a hero and a villain. Mm-hmm. And so at different times, I might be the villain, mm-hmm. and their dad is the hero, and vice versa. But again, you shouldn't do anything to perpetuate that mm-hmm. um, and to paint your ex in a different light. But yeah, right. it, it has changed for them. And children need to be nurtured mm-hmm. during a process like this. Mm-hmm. They need to be. And in our community, we don't always do that. Right. right? We just move on, and we bring the kids with us. We expect us, them and to they, just they expect, keep up. We expect them to keep up. And yeah. you've got to sit them down and have the conversation and ask, how are you feeling? Mm-hmm. I do that. I say, how are, how are you feeling about the divorce? How do you think this has impacted you? And they can't always articulate it, but I want them to know that it's safe. To have the conversation. And at least for them to start processing it right. mentally in their mind. You right. know, at least start to ask themselves questions. Exactly. So would you do it again? Would you get married again? I would. I would. Now, I'm not out looking for that. Right. And, you know, if I'm dating, I don't give any impression that I'm looking for something lifelong. Now, mm-hmm. if they say, are you open to a life partner? Absolutely. Are you open to marriage? Yes, because I believe in love and marriage can be great. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, not necessarily looking to jump into something like that now because I've been married for 11 years. So right. maybe I want to have a little fun. You got you to dip it <laughs> and do it for a little while. So wait, let me ask you this. So how long do you think it would be before you actually introduced your kids to someone you're dating? Oh, my God. That is a hard question. Do you think about that? I do think about it and I can't visualize visualize it and right. it scares me well that's probably because you're not seeing anyone at that capacity and, and, and you know what I mean perhaps that's what it is but I can't even visualize it what's interesting and again this goes back to the way my children are set up they have asked me and my daughter has even said I, you need to date XYZ this type of person 
And so, <laughs> what kind of person is she saying? I don't even want to tell you. But, uh, <laughs> she, she's like, you need to date like a big person, like somebody that has their name in lights, mommy, because that's uh, the type of person that she you need to be with. <laughs> the, difference is, the difference is he's gay. <laughs> uh, but they have asked me the question uh, and w- didn't expect this either, but men have actually come up to me while I was with my children, mm-hmm. which includes a two-year-old, to try to get my number. And that has blown me away. And my kid, we were at Blue Moon Pizza. Mm -hmm. And my daughter said, Mommy, this man keeps looking at you. I think he likes you. I'm like, eat your pizza. You don't even know what you're Mm -hmm. talking about. And I looked. When I looked, he wasn't looking. I'm like, please, just Mm -hmm. continue. This guy came over to the table. Hi, how are you? I see you're with your children. Um, Can I pay for your lunch? Sure. (laughs) Well, I said no. I would have said sure. No, thank you. Absolutely. Thank you for being um, such an amazing gentleman. (laughs) My daughter was in tune. And when we left, she said, see, Mommy, I told you. I told you. And so I'm not completely comfortable with that. So what happened after after that? Did he ask for your number? Did he what? He asked if if I wanted to join. He he didn't ask to join us. But he said, if you want, after you're done, come over and we can have some dessert. I'll buy some dessert for the kids. And I said, no, no, thank you. I appreciate it. So you weren't interested? No, I wasn't interested. And even if, I mean, I... I couldn't imagine bringing my kids over to the table. Even if I looked at him and said, my God, I want to talk to him. I can't imagine bringing my children over to the table and actually... But you could have said, well, maybe we can have lunch another time. You could have given them your number, but you weren't attracted to me. I wasn't, and I got the hell out of there. um, (laughs) Well, then say that. (laughs) (laughs) She's trying to act like she just wasn't interested. um, He had on turquoise cargo pants, so Uh, I wasn't Listen, listen, (laughs) see? You said it, not me. um, But, yeah, so it's interesting that they've talked about it, Mm -hmm. and they seem to be open to the idea, but I'm just not there yet. And maybe if I do meet someone and I think, oh, my gosh, he has some potential here to be a long-term partner, mm-hmm. I would talk to them about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would talk to their dad about it, too, because I think before I introduce him to anybody, he deserves to know. To Not know. necessarily approve, right. but he deserves to know Aware. that they yeah. might be meeting someone else. But we're not there yet. Oh. Yeah. So so would you say that you and your ex-husband have a friendship again? Or no. is it still kind of tense? It's, it's still kind of tense. I think that it could eventually become... A friendship, but mm-hmm. there are just still some things that uh, have caused resentment. Like mm-hmm. I'm not too happy that he left the state, and he's probably right. unhappy with some things that I've done. And so we are amicable in that we talk. Right. I can call him right now, mm-hmm. um, and then it doesn't have to be about the kids. Mm-hmm. You know, he'll call me, and it's not about the kids. He mm-hmm. might need advice on something, and occasionally he might drop me a line. But I wouldn't say we're at the point where we're friends. But for spring break, if he wants to join us on vacation, he is absolutely welcome. He can he can join us. Why are you looking? I wish you guys could see how he's looking at me with these big eyes. But why not? Why not go on vacation with your ex? What's wrong with that? If you and I were together, he would not be able to come on vacation with us. Okay, that's all I'm gonna say. Oh my gosh! So there was this amazing story about Jada Pickett. Have you read the story about how Will Smith and his well, first listen, they have some old separate kind of arrangement okay, anyway. Maybe they do. The street's but been talking she's, about them. She was responsible for bringing his ex-wife into the fold. Yeah, I think and they live in the same community like they live yeah. in the same neighborhood and, and or something that, that, i mean you should i mean, I mean what, what's wrong with that and they do go on vacation like i've seen pictures of them on yeah. vacation that's on some old evolved kind of thing but again but why why do you say that like what's the what's the risk in having your we're not attracted to each other in that way i don't want him in that way he doesn't have to stay in the room with us but i mean not? it would be one thing like for example let's say you moved on and you 
had a, a, a man and maybe yeah. he had a kid or two mm-hmm. and you guys were all going on vacation and your ex-husband has a new woman and maybe they have she has kids or something like that or maybe they have a kid together whatever and you all go on like a okay. trip as opposed to just and you the in two separate villas kids. yeah or you in separate hotels you know what I mean and it's all for the kids to make it like a family thing or you all kind of do Thanksgiving together but they kind of just no yeah Mm-mm. but I think that again with like Will and Jada like there have been so much conversation around them having this kind of yeah. Loose arrangements. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, that's I not really that uncharacteristic yeah. for them. Yeah, I've heard that. Not that I think that. Because interestingly enough, I just said to somebody the other day, I said, like, like Puffy, for years he's been with Cassie. Mm-hmm. But Kim Porter is always around. And yeah. I just said to somebody yeah. the other day, I've I said, that. she's on, on vacation. Yeah, yeah, she's all on his Instagram. She's on vacation. I just Same watched. Same with Russell Simmons and Kamora. Right. And like, I, I mean, like, I, I don't understand that. But what's, I, see, well, that well, seems for, normal to me. My, well, and I, here's why I'll say but, they, but she's with them all the time. But like, it would be one thing for her to come around for, like, holidays and things like that. But you on vacation with them all the time. Like, y'all on yachts and stuff. Like, <laughs> girl, why you? If I was Cassie, I'd be like, why is she, why is she here? Why is she here, Ike? You know that line from Tina Turner. Why is she here, Ike? Okay, listen to this. My mother and stepfather, who is like a father to me, so for the sake of that, I'm just mm-hmm. going to call him my father, even mm-hmm. though my biological father is dead. Right. My mom and dad continue to be friends to this day. They broke up when I was in high school together for many many years Mm -hmm. she just turned 60 i had a huge birthday party for her he has a girlfriend in new york he flew down for my mother's 60th birthday spent the week with us did she come no he's not interested in my mother and she's not interested in him but they are friends and there's no risk to his relationship with her and i would imagine she trusts it and so i don't think she's ever given him a problem there are certain things um that i would be okay with like for example like my mom and dad, they've been divorced now for years. I think mm-hmm. I was like in, I was going into like the ninth grade. Mm-hmm. They have a relationship now where if something is going on with one or the other, there is this thing of, oh, hey, let me check on him and see what's okay. going on. Or let me check yeah. on her. Like, for example, like my mom has some health issues like mm-hmm. last year. And so like she was in the hospital. I was living here. Yeah. And so my dad, I called my dad. Hey, can you go? In fact, my dad was the first one at the hospital right. holding her right. hand. They had know. a girlfriend that she had issues with it. Because, oh. like, my dad had to end up taking my mom to, like, a few follow-up appointments oh, and so things like that. his girlfriend had His girlfriend issues. had issues. She okay. was like, well, you're not done doing that yet? Oh. Now, in a situation like that, yeah. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't yeah. have a problem with that. Yeah. Now, you come telling me, uh, I don't even know if I'd have a problem with the 60th birthday. Like, milestones, certain type But a things. vacation together. Like, a vacation. That, that could be a little uncomfortable. Even if I'm coming, like, I mean, unless we have, unless we all have some sort of a rapport. Yeah. Already. I mean, there's certain things that are understandable, like a graduation right. or like the children's birthday party, yeah. but like to go on vacation. Like, yeah. But to your point earlier, I think when I or he decide to get close with another person mm-hmm. where, you know what, we're in the process of introducing the kids to this person, that could certainly change things. I I'm, I'm know that will change things because the other person will probably say, um, excuse me, right. that's not going to happen. But I mean, it, this is all about post-divorce. Making sure everyone is healthy and safe. Right. And um, just they've landed on, they they have their feet on solid ground about everything that's Mm -hmm. going on. And so that's why, especially as women, we have so much power when it Mm -hmm. comes to making sure the kids are comfortable and and feeling like they're not pulled in between two people. Mm -hmm. That's the worst thing we can do. And Mm -hmm. so 
if ever there's a time when their dad wants to see them and it's outside of the arrangement that's on paper, mm-hmm. he can do that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think it's the, it, the worst thing we can do is use our children as pawns and mm-hmm. play around with their time with their And dad. that's even in the case when you're not married. Because I right, did a podcast exactly. about frustrated fathers. I had two fathers on who talked about their difficulty trying to participate in the lives of their children simply because the quote-unquote baby's mothers. Right. You know, they're bitter because the relationship is over or they're upset with the father because yeah. of the way the relationship ended or whatever. And they're using these kids as pawns. And that's yeah. just, that's the unacceptable. The children suffer. Yeah. You think that you're hurting him. Yeah. But the children are the yeah. ones suffering. They internalize it. It affects who they are as human beings. Their self-esteem. how they are in, in relationships, their self-esteem. Yeah. And guess what? Mm. Today, they might look at you with those bright eyes and, and those loving eyes, but at some point, they'll realize you kept me away you from my dad. You the one who did it, yeah. You kept me away, and they will resent you for yeah. it. When yeah. they get older, they're going to they're gonna trace the dots back to, I yeah. didn't see my dad because of you. Right. And so you'll be painted in a bad light. You, you just never want to do that. Right. So you had said earlier, um, before we got on here, you said that you're an easy ex-wife. What did you mean by that? <laughs> I wonder if he would say the same. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, you would just say that you don't make it, like, you're no, very flexible. Yeah, I, I am. I'm very flexible. I don't want to give him a hard time. I don't want to make him angry, and I don't want him doing that to me. Mm-hmm. And, and part of it is using children as pawns. Mm-hmm. You know, you cannot do that. Mm-hmm. If there is something that he needs that will impact the, the relationship that he has with the kids, I want to do all that I can mm-hmm. to help him in that way. Um, even when I am just pissed at him, mm-hmm. you know, I, the kids never know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And if he calls my phone and we've just had a heated argument and he wants to speak to the kids, he will speak to the kids. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I just think that for the sake of the children, we have to be easy. We right. have to make it easy because right. anything can trigger someone to say, you know what? It's so difficult. I think it's best for me to not come around. Mm-hmm. And that will break my heart. My mm-hmm. children need my da- their dad. They mm-hmm. need him. I mean, and I told him this in the past. In essence, our roles are just as important. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I am not more important than you as a parent. There are different roles that we play in the lives of our children, and the role that you have to play, I can't play it. Right. Don't I do, do not send me a Happy Father's Day uh, card or Facebook post on Father's Day. I mm-hmm. am not their father, mm-hmm. and no matter how much of a single mom I am, I never will be and can be, and I'm not taking that kind of credit. Right. Children need their dads. Mm-hmm. So that's why I say that I'm easy because I want to do all that I can to make sure they have a good relationship. And then also you were saying that because you are self-sufficient and you're in a position to be able to take care of your kids, you gave him the option. Listen, you don't have to pay child support. If we're splitting them 50-50, yeah. you keep them part of the time, I keep them part of the time. But he you know, he chose another route, but right. you did give that option. Right, right. And I, I, <laughs> I've heard so many men say, you know, well, she's just fighting for custody because she wants child support. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm familiar with the Georgia Child Care um, calculator and I just don't know how someone would live off of that, but I'm not going to argue in that way. I mean... <laughs> what is the Georgia all, calculator? It's a calculator where you put in your income, he puts in his, it determines what your portion is and oh, okay. what his portion is based on the percentages that you contribute to the overall income. I thought it would be more like each child is entitled to a certain dollar amount. I mean, amount. it breaks it down. I okay. mean, it gets it gets pretty great. But it's not based so. on... Your, I thought it, I wasn't thinking in terms of depending on what you, what oh, you make. It's relative. It's okay. all it's all relative. And so, you know, it, it takes into account what each person is contributing, what it costs to raise the children. And the mm-hmm. calculator actually says 
Tanika, your portion of child support is X and his portion is X. Obviously, because I'm the primary custodian, he gives me his portion. But there mm-hmm. is a portion of child support that I pay, but I'm with them every day, so yeah. I'm almost paying it to myself, Absolutely, if, that, yeah. if that makes sense. Right. Um, so the whole notion of she just wants the kids because she wants child support, okay, um, that's not my mm-hmm. that's not been my experience, but um, it costs to raise children. Right. It costs to keep the lights on. They have a portion of the utility bills. And so when someone says, well, what is that money for? It's and it, for I mean, even if you're yeah. driving them back and forth to school right. or, in, you know, it, to it, activities, it they, like there's gas and there's maintenance yeah. for the car and yeah. they haven't even eaten yet. Yeah. You but, know? Uh, you know, I'll say this. Um, when I when I shared that I was getting a divorce to those that are close to me and, and you know, those in my circle, someone said, um, this is a person that's near and dear to me, and we have a relationship at work. She said, let me draw something for you. And she drew a quadrant on the board and basically said, here's what happens when you bring in an attorney, and you have an attorney fight for you and go to court for you. So you're fighting for this this bucket of money. After you pay the attorney, her or his portion, that bucket of money is, it's gone. Is gone. <laughs> you're not fighting over anything that even exists. So think about what you're willing to give up, because you might need to just say, here, Take it mm-hmm. because it's cheaper. <laughs> it's cheaper to give it to the other person than it is to fight for it because then there's nothing left. And so that's how we went into the divorce, trying to do everything ourselves. Mm-hmm. Again, just like how we told them, it didn't necessarily work out that way. Right. Although we were able to stay out of court, we did had to have to have attorneys to come in to do some mediate, mediating for us. But mm-hmm. for the most part, we saved a lot on attorney's fees because you can. Listen, you can do it. If you can be mature enough to have the conversation, you can work on a settlement agreement and a parenting plan without an attorney talking mm-hmm. between you. That's mm-hmm. costly. Why mm-hmm. do you want to even pay for that? Get a mediator. It's cheaper. And so we went that route. So were you willing to give up the house? Were you willing to move if that's, that's what it came to? Uh, or was that something not. that you wanted I mean, to be I, able to keep? I don't know that. I, I wouldn't have uprooted. Yeah, because that was, yeah. Because I, I want as little disruption for right. them as possible. And if I know that I'm going to be the primary custodian of the children, I don't think that, and I would hope that he wouldn't expect me to move myself and three other children to another place mm-hmm. so he can keep the house. I mean, that's absolutely ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And so, no, I, w- I, I am protective of the children and change. T- children, you know, you have to give them time to transition mm-hmm. with things like that. Mm-hmm. And, and the the worst thing you can do is create a lot of change around them when they're already dealing with the divorce. Right. You know? You know, I just I just want to reiterate going into a marriage, go into it for the right reasons. Know who you are. Know what makes you happy without anybody else. Because you have to be happy with who you are. Mm-hmm. A lot of us don't even know what makes us happy. Figure that out. Figure out what your values are, what you stand for. I never even finished my thought when you asked me. I, I got as far as talking about my family. Mm-hmm. But you gotta know what's important to you. Um, and, and, and different things like, you know, do you want him to have great credit? Financially, where do you want to be? How do you communicate? Is this person a person that you can have a good conversation with and be able to communicate in a functional and healthy way? Mm-hmm. Because if you can't, guess what? The relationship will fail. And I'm telling you right now, if you can't communicate with the person, if financially you, you guys aren't on the same page, the, the relationship will fail. Most relationships fail because of finances and communication. Mm-hmm. And so if from the start you have trouble in those areas, don't get married. Don't get married. Don't do it. If you do it for the right reasons and you work at it every single day, just like you have to earn your place in your job and every year your manager gives you a review at the end of the year and at mid-year they tell you how you're doing, they give you feedback and they want you to do things better. And if you do, you'll survive. It's the same in a relationship. You, you have to constantly 
contribute to it and reinvent it when you uh, when you feel it kind of dwindling. If you don't do that, it's going to fail. For me, there are a couple qualities that have um, ascended to the top of the list for me when I talk about the next relationship that I want to be in. Of course, physically, you know, we all have our things that yeah. we, we're interested in physically. But for me, uh, integrity. Yes. Mm-hmm. And good judgment. Mm-hmm. Because if you can make good judgment for yourself, yeah. then chances are you can make good judgment and choices and decisions in our relationship. Absolutely. Well, you got it. When are you getting into that relationship? Hey, he got to show up first. <laughs> Listen, he got to show up first. And see, I'm past the point of allowing folk to choose me. I did that for a long time, allowing mm-hmm. people to choose me. Mm-hmm. And it's just like somebody said to me, she said, stop allowing these guys to choose you. Mm-hmm. Choose who you want to be with because I was in a space where I thought that because a person was consistent, mm-hmm. because they were persistent, oh, well, then he must that's be it. the one. That's yeah. it. Yeah. You know, and, and it's just like, no, uh-uh, that's not yeah. enough. That's but not you're, enough. You're, you're in your 40s. Wait a minute. I'm just over 40. I'm 41. Okay. Well, okay. I'm She can put me at 45. <laughs> I'm 40. There is, so, I say this all the time, there is something about turning 40. Listen, there's the a wisdom, shift. The wisdom that comes with 40. And it so is. to have been in the process of a divorce at 40 and evolving into this wise woman that I am and mm-hmm. having all of the experiences that I have, I feel like my next relationship will be amazing because I know who I am. I know what I want. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily need anybody right mm-hmm. now. I mean, someone mm-hmm. has to come in and be a compliment mm-hmm. to who I am. And if you're not a compliment, guess what? We can be friends or we don't have to talk, but... That's where I am. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's part of the reason why it's taken me a moment to get to that next person because I'm in such a clear headspace now. Mm -hmm. Whoever shows up, he's going to have to be spectacular. Oh, yeah. Hence the reason why my daughter said his name has to be in lights. Yeah. Because she knows her mama deserves a prize. Thank you guys for listening. (laughs) This has been so much to say. We're available in SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, wherever you can listen to a podcast. So if you have not subscribed or hit the follow button, do that now. Please share this podcast with your friends, your family, your network. Don't just say, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Go ahead and, go ahead and share it. That's right. If you heard something in this podcast, share it with the people that you love. Mm-hmm. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next Monday at 10 a.m. And don't forget, I'm on Facebook Live Monday through Friday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Visit my website, www.craigtheriderstewart.com.